Well, hi, welcome to Two on One. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you're you're one of the co-hosts. Hi, everybody who's listening and watching. I'm in a weird <laughs> I mean, mood. I think it's because we have another seven on the show. I'm really excited for this other seven. Uh, and she asked us, uh, it is the Reverend Robin Bless. And, you know, she asked us, she's like, Smith, can you handle two sevens? And I was like, I absolutely can. Wouldn't be my first time. <laughs> Hopefully won't be my last. But what I love about uh, two big seven energies, because I have some incredible seven friends, uh, is that I love how you guys can bring lots of different things together. And that you, I mean, you know, you love a good add-on. You love some extra you are you're doing all sorts of things uh, that really highlight the joy and fun and moreness. What's that word that I'm looking for of life and abundance, you know last, what abundance, baby abundance. You know, last week we talked with uh, Elizabeth Grasham about you know joy being needed back into the church, and I think sevens uh, have a unique ability to bring joy back into the church. But you know who else has a unique ability to bring joy back into the church? Jeff Wonro of Jeff Wonro Designs crushed it. Oh, uh, why? Why would you say such a thing about Jeff Wonro, our lead sponsor here on Two on One Spiff? Why would I say that he does incredible work and brings joy back into the church is because every time I put on one of his stoles, I feel empowered uh, to do the ministry that I am called to do. And that whenever anyone is empowered to do the ministry they're called to do is a great joy, my friend. It is. And for 17 years, Jeff Wonero Designs have been bringing joy by making ordinary time extraordinary with their liturgical textiles, stoles, pyramids, banners, coats, cassabelles, and the occasional miter and face mask as well. It, uh, he truly does it all. Uh, he, do, he, he embodies the abundance and the mornings. If you scroll through his uh, catalog of everything, you'll see just how incredible all of his work is and all the ways in which you can customize it. Where's that Jeff Wonro catalog of everything located, Spiff? Oh, it's on the internet. On the internet? On all the social media platforms? at Jeff One Row Designs or at jeffonerow.com, J-E-F-F-W-U-N-R-O-W.com. And if you are like me and you keep scrolling through all the things and you're like, I want that one, I want that one, I want that one, because you are thinking of all the protests that you are going to coming up or all the ministry events that you have coming up uh, and you just love to shop like I do, uh, you can use your our two-on-one code, which is two-on-one-15- Two on one, all letters, 15. Those are numbers. Spiff does know her letters and her numbers. See, promised. Uh, for 15% off your entire stole order. Thank you for carrying that through line for a few episodes. I really like that. We gave them good resolution about it. 15, wait, did you say 15% off our entire stole order? So I could buy like and get 15% off all of them? All of them. Like what, if I, all what if I customize? Do I get 15% off? You do. What if I buy like 16 stoles and half of them are customized? Uh, 15% off the entire order. Really? Wow. That would mean I would get two free, essentially. It, it surely does mean that. And uh, I don't know about you, but as I'm scrolling through the, the internet, the good old worldwide webs, uh, so many of our young friends, uh, or not even young friends, that was not fair. Uh, so many of our friends in general are getting ordained or celebrating uh, milestones in their ministries or are being uh, installed in new churches or have new calls. And all of those things can be celebrated with an incredible Jeff One Rustle. That's true because these stoles still steal the show, and Ooh. we are thankful for Jeff Wonder for being our lead sponsor once again. Done that in a while. Hey, let's bring in our guest because I'm like I'm weirdly just happy uh, about what's about to happen. Me Not too. that I don't love all of our guests, but I'll admit to being in a good weird mood. I'm here for it. All right, I enjoy our guests as well. Dun, da, da, da. Robin, welcome to, I was about to say, welcome to Fern Gully. Welcome to two on one as we talk Fern Gully. Oh my God. Um, going to Fern Gully would actually be my dream come true. <laughs> um, I can definitely see you going in first. <laughs> yes. I, I actually didn't even ask. Have you two seen Fern Gully? Yes, we make it a point to watch or listen to or participate in the pop culture we're talking to our guests about. Hey, who- um, did you watch it before um, I selected it? 
it was the go-to movie for rainy days when I was in the third and fourth grade with my crazy environmentally uh, focused general teacher. Before we get too far into this, who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? <laughs> um, well, number one, I am a Fern Gully Forever fan. Um, I am Robin Bless. Um, I think my number one identity would be um, I am a mom to two amazing girls. Um, I also, ooh, I also am ooh, a new. Puppy oh, mom. that's right. I was like, puppy. No. This puppy. <gasps> oh, that's so sweet. Uh huh. Um, we're in potty training phase, so she comes to church with me. Um, Polly Darton. Um, so I, I'm a new puppy mom. Um, I, I am a Midwesterner, um, by hearts and nature. And now also by, um, address. I live in Des Moines, Iowa. Love it in the Midwest. And I serve with the amazing people of Wakanda Christian Church. Um, it will be four years this summer. Mazel tov. That's great. So I just graduated my first batch of like high schoolers um, yesterday in church. And I was like, wait, I started with y'all in youth group. Um, and so it was, there were, there were tears um, and it was lovely and wonderful. I watched Toy Story 3 the uh, night before uh, my, my first group of high schoolers graduated. And that was Gotta a terrible mistake. And I called a friend yeah. of mine, like sobbing, like, am I the toy or am I like the trash fire or why is my life so hard? And she literally hung up on me. <laughs> like, I cannot, why, handle, cannot yeah. handle all your feelings right now. So well, I, I only have like three twice a year, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're glad you're here, Robin Spiff. How do you know Ferngully? Uh so I too watched it when I was younger, but more so because I'm a Bay Area kid. So we did all things Robin Williams because he's he was a San Francisco guy. And I mean, granted, also just an incredible talent, but like yeah. most Bay Area people have some sort of, uh, you know, something that you, like points you back to a time you met him or like his uh, his old house had um, the swords from Hook. Uh, outside on his gates and so like just things like that that you know and so uh any robin williams uh movie that was coming out was uh my jam also like very i mean like i was a young girl in the 80s and 90s and like you know like it it, that movie was made for us fyi i think fairies are universal um it doesn't matter if you're a young girl in the 80s or 90s fairies are forever uh, our, that's the tagline you're on two on one fairies are forever um i also do want to note because i found this uh really interesting jonathan ward is the person who voices um oh gosh what is the main character's name well, i can't remember zach zach, zach. I, was, I was about to call him just 90s man uh i mean he is kind of general 90s man he is yeah. jonathan ward though and I think this is important. It's coming back up. His other major acting credit is that he is Michael out of the horrible 1980s movie, Mac and Me. Uh, oh. Spiff, you've seen Paul Rudd's clip where the little boy's in the wheelchair and flies I, off a cliff. That's, yes. Jonathan, that's Jonathan Ward. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. He's also in Steel Magnolias, which is also a um, incredible... Oh, who is he in Steel Magnolias? Um, hold on. Uh... <laughs> We're like, we don't know. Welcome welcome to two on one where we deep dive into uh, actors with four acting credits. I mean, Christian Slater is Pip. Right. Uh, We we already named Robin Williams. But I don't think um, the the woman who does Krista, is she? I don't know her. Samantha Mathis? I'm totally not just looking her up. No, not at all. I was more into the music as a kid. Um, okay, and so the music is pretty great too. Tina Easton, and okay, we 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 should we should organize a little bit. This is the problem with chaotic seven energy. Which incidentally, Robin, I don't know if I should mail this to you, but I literally have a button that says chaotic energy. I, I I prefer chaos Muppet because uh, my other love is Muppets from Space. Uh, so Fern Gully and the I Kingdom of God, or Fern Gully and the the Gospel, or however we want to get into yeah. it. So Fern Gully, where should we start? 
Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, because it's possible you're not in the uh, now of like when I was in the second grade, Ferngully is a 1992 animated movie. It's a musical fantasy film. It was about essentially uh, a logger being turned into a fairy so he could see that deforesting the rainforest is bad. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yes. I also, I like to look at it as um, fairies teaching us the wisdom of creation. Um because that's really what it's all about. And it's also um, some badass women. Because it's Krista and Maggie are the two yeah. that are like, y'all. And Batty. Batty is the the um, broken, wounded bat who also is the voice of wisdom. But he's the voice of wisdom from, like, trauma. And then Magi, Magi is the voice of wisdom from like love and wholeness. And then Krista, it's like she has these two voices and she's trying to figure out her way forward of like, it's a coming of age story for both Krista and Zach. Um, it really, it, it, you know, and for all of us, I watched it. So I will say, okay, I watched it last night again because I was like, it has been, mm-hmm. A hot minute. Easily 30 years since I've seen this movie. Uh, and I was like, oh, like one, I was very taken aback on. I was like, everyone needs to watch this movie right now yes. because there is a conversation about what it means to be sustainable. Um, that's happening that we all need to be, you know, taking on. And I was like, it's very early 90s but also that's making a comeback so it felt very relevant yes yes also with the walkman um there's a scene with the walkman and they're trying to figure out what it is um and those are coming back so and we're all we're all elder millennials so at this point too like pop culture in the general sense is trying to cater to us like remember this i identify as a zillennial Okay, zillennial or zennial. I'm older than y'all. Y'all, I'm, you know, 90, you said, you know, third and fourth grade. I was the awkward middle schooler singing and dancing to this CD on my boombox, you know, because I was in middle school and I still wanted to hold on to fairies because they seemed like way more fun than actual middle school. They, they um, are. Um, yeah. as somebody who was called a fairy throughout middle school, let me tell you, you can have it both ways. Uh, <laughs> is the, but okay, we're, we're of though, this thing where like, I clearly remember in the nineties, yep. people being mm-hmm. like, everything that we're encountering right now mm-hmm. is going to happen. Correct. They were like in 30 years, you know, the, if, if it, we go up two degrees Celsius, we're bonked. Yep. Um, yep. and I remember thinking, cool, people will do something about this. And they showed us like Ferngully and my dad was like, well, you're being indoctrinated. And, and no. like, no. You guys, oh, did you guys in, and so we watched this in second grade and then our class like bought a rainforest, like bought a parcel of rainforest. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like one of the thing when a, it was what taught me that I could own something, which was weird. Like that was like not innately mine. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, that I could uh, in like, it was told to us, like we bought it. It's out, you know, like it, but it like, wasn't something it was, I think it's one of the ways in which I was taught to give. Yeah. Um, and too, like, but I'm, I kept thinking like, Oh, like it brought me back to that moment in which I hope our gospels continue to bring people back uh, like transcend time that are, that, that when we tell these same stories, um, that it, it'll bring you back to a place in time and remind you of like what it means to be in, in community or in relationship to one another. Cause I have like a very distinct memory of like my second grade teacher having this, like we'd watch for Ngoli, there was a big tree on her desk and you'd put like change in it and it would like grow up and like we would by the rainforest yeah. and i was like we're gonna save the world yeah. and it was really empowering yeah uh no spiff i had the exact same experience um with my fifth grade teacher um because she was uh, had a great fifth grade teacher who was encouraging us to write letters to the editor and Ooh. so like one person wrote i remember one of my friends wrote about um 
inhumane um, kenneling practices for at the Humane Society for animals. Another one wrote about um, saving polar bears because we've been trying to save the polar bears since then. Um, And I wanted to write about the rainforest, but I didn't know how. And then I saw this movie and my little activist heart was just like inflamed. I was like, we have to do this. And so it was just like the perfect combination of like, I had a teacher that supported it. This movie was just so inspiring. Um, of how do you do this? How do you make these changes? Um, because, uh, you know, Zach gets sent back at the end of like, we need to remember. We need to. And so that's, um, I know you asked the question for the end, but I see this whole arc of following. Can I answer it now? No. No. No, I can't. Okay. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, I would say, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Okay. I just, Zach so is going back. Do things in order. Do things in order, Seven. I am a chaos muppet. Sorry. I let about really provocative question. Okay. I have a provocative. Question. Uh, it instills um, activism, but mm-hmm. in the I think in the way. So I also I'm not only a product of the '90s, but of the 2000s, where I think um, as I was trying to figure out how to live out this activism and advocacy um, and a calling to ministry, how mm-hmm. to do it in a way that won't destroy your spirit and won't be like the ends justify the means. Instead, like this movie shows you that it is all about how you plant the seed, how you nurture it, how you care for it, how you love. And that is the transformative piece. Um, that I just, I, I think we forget that when we get so impassioned, um, that if that passion is not rooted in love, the seed, the fruit that it's going to bear is not the fruit that we want. It's, um, it's just like, there's the song, Hexus, Hexus's song is called Toxic Love. And I just, I mean, it's, it's Tim Curry, so it's fabulous. Um, but it's also just like so true of how seductive, um, how seductive the other side of this can be. Mm. Yeah. Right. Love, love that love can transform, but in a dangerous and negative sense. And it's, you shall know them by their fruits. Right. Yeah. Um, hmm. I remember being really afraid of like using wood for things like like doors and shelves after watching this movie because I was like oh I am a direct product I like it also puts you in both of the because it's not like you know when it cuts it down when it cuts the logs and it, you you see the like the slabs it's like we'd all seen that when you know what I mean like it puts you on both sides and helped for young people nuance and I'm curious what you both think uh, the church can do better to empower young people towards this, like, uh, to, towards whatever activism or motivation or, you know, kind of uh, spirit of liberation uh, that we hope to instill in them um, or that I would hope that we instill in them, but I don't know that we always do it well. I wish they'd tell kids when they show the deforestation scene, if they would flash up on the screen right after it, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Like you can't not, you can't not participate in exploitative systems. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I lost sleep over Fern Gully. Sure. When I was a kid, like, because I, I, I wing six hard in my sevenness, So I'm afraid of everything. Um, and therefore like, Oh God, how are we going to breathe? was like a constant worry of mine when I was at eight years old. Um, Arthur, are we the same person? I, I, I would not saddle you with such a burden like that, but I would gladly take the benefit. Rob. Um, it is a, so like, I think the first thing we do with it is like, we tell kids like you can make a difference. You're not going to save the world, but by God, you can make a dent in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and take that off there. Spiff is like we should tell kids they can save the world because right, why limit them? I don't know. No, I'm I I agree. I would just I I think it through me because I was thinking, I think when I asked the question, I was thinking of like Robin's daughter's age. And I was like, ha, you know, like do you have conversations with her about capitalism? 
I mean, in using that language, you know, like, because I don't disagree with you, Arthur, like we need to say like, and I think that's what I was getting at earlier, right? It showed me both sides. Like I had, we had wooden doors. We had, you know, like we were a part of both sides of that system. Um, But I could make a change and choose one side to participate in more authentically. I think the magic of Fern Gully is it flips that question. And it's Mm -hmm. not what can we do to teach our children, um, but instead how can we get ourselves back into that place? You know, because each of us were so empowered and inspired by it when we were young. Um, It it just ignited in us naturally. Um, That So I love that when Krista – is trying to save Zach and Mm -hmm. she does magic on him and she fumbles because Zach's like, great, I've been shrunk by an amateur. Um, And just by the way, I know this movie probably word for word. uh, Krista bungles the, the spell and as she's trying to give him fairy sight, she slips and says fairy size. And so she shrinks him down which then makes him the same size as her, which then gives him the ability to actually have fairy sight. And so what I have learned from my daughter um, and from parenting is we are in way too much of a hurry, just like that leveler, just like, you know, like Zach, he doesn't care. He's spraying the things. He's doing it because he's too busy. He cannot be bothered by the small things that are happening outside of his sphere of vision but by being shrunk down slowed down you know he's now i'm three inches tall and you know i'm telling you i can do the whole thing but by doing that he can actually see and remember and so this weekend i did my garden um And part of our garden, um, I have a bean tent for my daughter, which is just garden stakes in the ground in a little kind of almost circle. And then they're tied at the top so the beans can grow up and it creates a nice little tent for her. And she, that's where she has her fairy garden. And that's where she, and so as I am working hard and sweating and digging and doing all these things and doing my compost, like feeling so good about myself, she is over there with her little fairies. And she was like, mama, I saw a fairy. Um, And so like, if we could actually slow down Mm -hmm. and see the world again through their eyes, like, again, I told you, I looked up the music. There's life is magic. It's raining magic. Life is a wondrous thing. And if we can stop and be in awe and wonder of that, Mm -hmm. then I think we will be able to figure out our answers. Um, And usually that means you have to slow down and you have to get down on the ground and you have to be very patient, uh, which I don't always do well, Uh, but it's always well worth it when I do it. So in recovery communities, that's called right-sizing. And my argument is always that uh, sin is all based on not being right-sized because when we think we're too big, uh, we, we, we crush people. And when we think we're too small, we think we're not worth the effort to do it. And to be put in the right size is sometimes you have to be put in your place. And sometimes you find your place. It's but, the tower of Babel. Right. And, and also though, it's a, so like Zach in that moment is actually right sized by being shrunk. Yeah, yeah um, correct. And, and I'm, I apologize for that. The wonderful Sexton who lives next door really thinks that mail is the most important thing that can possibly happen. So I got a package just to let everyone know. Cool. I like Ooh, deforestation in the mail. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all mahogany samples. <laughs> no, uh, I love that. Cause I do think there's something to what it means for him to, what it means for Zach to slow down and he's the human. So it's a call for us obviously to slow down to to be more attentive to i love when she's like what are trees like what you know he's like this is awesome he's like what are trees like where you're from he's like not like this and it's the same tree it's just it's just how is he experiencing how has he slowed down to be uh you know more attentive to to the smaller things that you know that are happening in the world um 
one of my other favorite lines, and I, I'm going to botch it. So Robin, you just go ahead and like, you know, <laughs> uh, you put it back it. in. When, but it's when um, Madge, is that her name? What is, what is the Magi? older? Magi? Magi? Magi, yeah. I think it's. Which is a Magi. I mean, it's such a, like a. a, a um, yeah. But she's essentially at the very beginning trying to impart this wisdom on yeah. Krista. And it's like. And Krista does not care. You know, she's just like, I want to go. I want to think. But like the thing that she is trying to impart in her is that like, it is in you no matter what. Like you can listen to me. You cannot. You can go out into the world. But like, we are all connected. And so, and when you tap into that, you can be your most powerful. But I don't think she under, she doesn't grapple with that. Well, she grapples with it the whole movie, but uh, until the very end. But I was really moved by the fact that it's like, so much of what we do in church is like singular mission ministries where it's like, this is for you. This is for you. This is for you. And yes, we're all part of the same body, but like, how do we uh, tap into that more faithfully? Do you think for, uh, for us as faith leaders, but also uh, for the communities we serve? I'm going to go back to Magi at the end. Because I love in the beginning how chill she is about the forces of life and the forces of destruction. You know, like that's a line she uses. And it's just like it's it's a natural order of things. Like there are things as, as she's – meanwhile, she's like healing this dead tree stump and like making plants grow. And of how like that's a decay and death are a natural part of life. And she's not afraid of that, mm. um, which I think we need to embrace Um, But then at the end, she comes back around and as she like dissolves into (coughs) creation, um, she first gives Krista a seed and she has this wonderful line that says, Krista, there are worlds within worlds. And it's just like, it blew my mind as a little kid and it blows my mind still of like inside this one little seed there, there's so much going on, but that seed is a part of something even bigger and then even bigger and even bigger. I mean, it's, it's the body of Christ language, but in a more organic um, creation based sort of way of it's an ecosystem. We are part and each little part is whole unto itself, just like each little congregation or each little ministry. But if you forget how it's kind of like, I, I heard a, a podcast a little bit ago and I'm going to botch this, but I think it was Robin. Podcast. So it's okay. Um, about like how trees speak to each other. Mm -hmm. They're not only their root system, but also they emit like this scent that um, other trees can pick up and we forget the foundation and like this whole system that we are a part of. We forget that. And we think we are this one single seed, Um, Mm -hmm. but we are, there are worlds within worlds um, for us to see. And we miss it all the time because we want to be the center. Well, and it's it's the paschal mystery. It's it's life, death, and resurrection. It's life, death, and resurrection. It's life, death, and resurrection. And there's such a difference between death and decay are a natural part of the are a part of the natural order, and like wanton, blunt destruction for the sake of consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's. I used to think Hexus was like super over the top, and don't get me wrong, it's Tim Curry in the early '90s, so it is. It's beautifully over the top, but also like. I think we need to stop referring to portrayals of villainous intent, especially when it comes to resources as anything, but like overt documentaries. Yeah. Like just, just literally like there are some people who are like, yeah, burn the rainforest down. If we can get a, if we can get a profit out of it for a mm-hmm. moment. Um, and those people need to be shrunk and then freeze dried. Just shrunk. Now you're pulling in like star Wars here. So like shrunk and then Han Soloed. No, I just mean freeze-dried and thrown into space. Like, I've really got no time for certain kinds of uber-capitalists. Cool. Uh, But I think they also handle this in the movie. um, Because when um, Krista comes to tell Magi about um, Zach, they find each other at a tree that has been cut. 
and you know, Krista can she touches it and it, it, she feels the pain, the redness, and she's like, "Well, can you heal it?" And Maggie says, "No, this is beyond my power. Like this, this is beyond the natural forces of life and destruction. Um, I can't heal this." Um, and then with Tim Curry, like Tim Curry cannot live without that machine being fueled by the humans. So it's like it's not even this. It is so I will f I will stand on this mound and I will not be moved that Fern Gully is the original Avatar and Avatar just needs to sit down and pay attention. Fern Gully is better than Avatar because Fern Gully had a real logo that wasn't in Papyrus. Ladies and gentlemen, we have that through line. The streak is now two episodes in a row. <laughs> um Yes. No, I, I agree. I, I really, so I'm a big outdoorsy person, although one may not recognize that in me in this season of Spiff life. Left, Spiff left her apartment four times in the first 16 months of the pandemic. Hey, you know, it's just like Zach. He can inhale all of his minerals in one breath. You know, you don't really want to go outside for that. I will say Robin was one of the first people I saw when I like left my house. Um, but no, uh, but I love the, there is something about, you know, just putting my feet in the dirt and saying, you know, and like, and one of my favorite lines that I had forgotten about was when, uh, Chris asks Zach, like, can you feel it? Or like, yeah. can, He's like can you feel it's pain? Right. Cause it's it. And he was just like, no. And I was reminded in that moment, like what I like about, his shrinking this is like they look really similar right it's not that they look dissimilar it's not that they don't recognize what they and yet there's different gifts and powers when you are are in the space of originality and you know like when he comes down to her space he does not have all of it but he has some of it and he learns that some people you know he now knows that some people can feel the trees he now know you know like and there's something to gain and learn and I think that and before she was like, humans, what are they like? You know, and it's like, they're a lot like us. You know, it's it's the fear of the unknown and the excitement of the what is to come uh, that when they go hand in hand, we can do some real good uh, because we can experience the other in ways that uh, we had no idea even existed. Yeah. So what would you call this hermeneutic? Hermeneutic of creation. Hermeneutic of creativity, hermeneutic of creative curiosity, of curious creativity. I would say maybe uh, it's a hermeneutic of uh, like of wonder, maybe or like there's something in me that wants to say like of uh, constitutive other, but like belief in the constitutive other. So like I have to, you know, like. Zach has to believe that she is a fairy. He has no idea that fairies exist, but here they are. He has yeah. to believe that he can talk to a bat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, there's something that uh, I, is it a hermeneutic of belief? I mean, mm-hmm. like. Well, okay. So belief as opposed to intellectual assent, it's belief is trust. Well, mm. no, that's exactly true. Yeah. Because how does Zach get from point A of I can't, feel the tree and I'm trying to carve your name into the tree to the point where he can. And that is because he ultimately makes himself vulnerable to Krista and fully trusts her to the point where she helps him fly, like literally fly. And yeah, in that moment, I think, you know, in my, my preteenness, then they share a kiss and I'm like, Oh, that's unnecessary. It still is unnecessary. The, the, the weird, like, sexual tension in the water was like, they, they, yes. what is happening? Yes. We're, we're still two years, three years away from Can You Feel the Love Tonight, the sexiest song to ever be in a cartoon. <laughs> that was a breaking point in American pop culture. That's okay. very true. Like, after also, that, that was the water I, thing. I, also, only because you just named it, the part that I found the most, like, I was, like, flying, like, talking bats, shrinking people, all of it, I'm in, like, I can suspend disbelief. Like I, I was in it. The part that I was like, absolutely not was when he carves her name and chooses the spelling of C R Y. Like, why would you start? Like, why would that be your first go-to and guess? I mean, maybe, 
yeah, like, and it was right. You know what I mean? If I ask you, how do you spell Krista? I, it, that's just not my it would not be that. It's forever Krista Tippett. That's how you spell it. Like, <laughs> it would it be Crystal without an L. Yeah. It was just like, I, that was literally the part that like had me, <laughs> which I know is really silly, but like, I was just like, no, that was, that is C-R-Y-S-T-A is absolutely not my first go-to for Krista. Yeah. yeah. By the way, if I, any of our deuces are named Krista spelled that way, would you please share with us, tweet at us, send us an email, find us on Facebook. Uh, I think we're on LinkedIn. Let us know if anyone has ever spelled your name correctly ever <laughs> on the first try without you telling so me. I don't know. As a Robin with a Y, it's never spelled correctly. As um, an Arthur spelled the way it has been for 1700 years, it's never been spelled correctly. Yeah. No one can, yeah. thanks Kendall Jenner. No one can spell my last name right. Yeah. But I also think it is, it is the vulnerability mm-hmm. and the trust. Like you cannot form trust without first being vulnerable. And so, I mean, we have this arc of transformation going on here with Zach of like, he is given, he's given the, the opportunity to see. He hesitates and is like, what? You know, get me back over here. Um, get me back to my size. And then, you know, we have Darwin's grab bag by, I mean, Robin Williams just makes this movie. But then he willingly gives himself over, <laughs> makes himself vulnerable to then trust the whole experience, and he is transformed. Um, I mean, this is our call. I'm, I'm going to be doing baptisms next week. That's mm. what it is of like, I have a lot of suspicion. I have a lot of questions, and we as disciples support that. And it isn't until you willingly move into the waters with those where you recognize how vulnerable you are to then form some trust and something new can happen. Do you do, you do that with baptismal folks where you're like, am I going to bring you back up? <laughs> no, I give them the whole speech of like, um, this is where I also think like, I think this, I think this movie just speaks so much to that Genesis text of like, go that God gives to the people in the garden of like, go and have dominion, mm. be stewards, be caretakers. I mean, I think the church is still wrestling with that language and what that means. And I think that's what this whole movie is wrestling with of what does it mean? And in that moment with Zach and in the moment with baptism is, um, these are Robin Wall Kimmerer's words, not mine. She wants us to move from a hermeneutic of dominion to a hermeneutic of reciprocity of how we need to care for each other. And we understand that by caring for the earth, we are caring for ourselves. So it's not this self-sacrificial theology that we is rampant in the church as well. It is a recognition of your place in the world. And that's important and valued just as another is. And when you reciprocate that care, something even more amazing come, comes about and we see that whole arc and transition with Zach in the movie. We also see it to a little bit to degree to Krista because she is so naive, um, as we all are, you know, when we're budding activists, um, full of hope and optimism. And, you know, if you're a fairy, embrace the fairy energy. And that's what she did. And she was awakened to also the struggle. Like it, it's not, it's not all fairies and singing bats, rapping bats. Wouldn't it be great if it was? We we are watching a movie from that period in American cinema where everyone rapped. <laughs> Very true. Uh, I was just looking it up. Also, this was Robin Williams' first vo- uh, cartoon voiceover. Oh. So um, I, have a, I have a meta question about like our patron saint of sevens and about the role of that in the church. So Robin Williams, very famously on Disney's Aladdin, but also in this movie, according to lore, like he just, maybe cocaine was involved. He would just like start going in the recording studio and they thought it was hilarious. And like Darwin's grab bag was not a line that they wrote. Like he just came up with it. (laughs) Yeah. How do we. Also, um, is that the human tales um, line also unscripted? I believe so. Human tales. Humans don't have tails. They have big, big bottoms that they wear with bad shorts. It's like the perfect line. God, that's better than Psalm 8. Um, it's a, 
Well, no, it's, it's so like when we talk about the wildness and the abundance and like this call to the church to, to yeah. fullness, like how do we, how do we create space with gifts in this? Like it's Robin Williams at more or less the height of like his comedic prowess. Like he's, he's going to have mm-hmm. the best decade of his life in the nineties. How do we create room for, for people to use their gifts, but also to still stick with the narrative? Um, actually, you know what? I don't want to talk about that. Never mind. No, I think that's a good question, though, because I th- yeah. because we've named the baddie, you know, in part makes this movie right. There is something there uh, that's really fun and energetic, and uh, it's outside of the main characters, but you know, it grabs your attention, um, and it highlights a gift that we may not have you know, may not have been known. If you just stick to the script, that's fine too. But, you know, like, what does it mean to go off script uh, in ways that are life-giving? Um, I think, I don't think the church does that well. We want liturgy that we know. We want liter. we want to stick to the script. Um, and I think if we give those that disrupt our, uh, our spaces uh, some time to actually lead, we may learn a little bit more about the expansiveness of uh, who we are called to be, expansiveness of our own rainforest. Uh, and exactly, it just goes out. Um, and so I think that there's something to that, right? Like the if, if a kid is crying and screaming and running in the middle of service, you know, in the middle of a, a homily or a, you know, something, a doxology, it's like, let the kids scream, you know, like the, the space needs disruption. Yeah. And I think that uh, in part, and because levity can come, you know, last week we talked a little bit about, you know, what the church needs to bring back. And we talked about bringing back joy. I yeah. think you know, we get too tied down into the what should be rather than the what can be um, if we don't allow for that spirit to move. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel this might be more reflective of this season of life I personally am in um, because as a seven, you know, I was all about like, let's get all of the, um, you know, sevens are sin is gluttony. And my gluttonous thing was experiences. Like how can I hoard more and more exciting experiences? Mm -hmm. Um, Hence the multiple moves. Let's serve many churches. Let's just go on all of the mission trips and adventures. When I get really mad, I look at DHM. Uh, or I used to, and like the the search and call profile, uh-huh. I I certainly haven't. If anybody from my church yeah. is listening right now, but I realized it was because I was like, well, I've wrung everything out of this one. Time to move. Sorry, Ooh. keep going. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was just more of like, ooh, there's always there's something else out there. The what if I was the associate there. minister out in Maine? I totally get it. Yep. But, you know, I, I am planting my roots here. I've been in Des Moines um, now for almost eight years, which is the longest place I've lived since leaving my parents' house at age 18. Um, I'm in my first home that has the longest um, address, my longest adult address since leaving the Disciples Divinity House at Vanderbilt. Um and I'm in my church for the longest length of call I've ever had in a congregation. I know. Um, I'm a seven, big seven. Um, and so I feel like it is this combination of instead of seeking it and going for it right now, I'm in a place of like my roots are growing and I'm stepping back and I'm seeing how the world has already been disrupted. You know, like for this movie, like Hexus has already rolled in. And named COVID this time. And um, we're still trying to figure out what that looks like after after the big push. But now it, like, it's still hanging around. And so how do we coexist with this? Um, and I, my, I'm hoping that more pastors are experiencing this than just me. But my people have been so resilient, so flexible, so adaptable. And so open to, okay, what are we going to do now? Maybe that's just Midwestern pragmatism. Like we are pragmatists at heart. Like, okay, fine. I don't like this. I'm going to grumble about it. But this the is barn's the on fire, so we better toast those marshmallows now. 
Correct. And then we'll put it out. Like, we're very practical. Um, and that's handy in these situations. Um, you know, I'm still trying to create some space for, okay, what are we grieving that we lost? And yet, can we also pay attention to the things that have been growing? Because they have been. Um, you know, just like you were saying, Spiff, um, we now have children in our sanctuary, in our playground. And one of my greatest things is during the Lord's Prayer, I have a seven-year-old who is making sure we are hearing him say it word for word. And it's like, yes. And um, that same seven-year-old used the worship and wonder language for how to change the light on his birthday candles. Um, of like, oh, look, the light that was in one place at one time is now in all places and all times. And so, like, it's happening as well. And we also need to start paying attention to it in a natural, organic way, not in a, I'm a seven and I'm going to, like, we're going to make this fun happen. Um, Got to curb that a little bit, take some deep breaths, <laughs> slow it down. Um, and see what seeds are, are sprouting um, because they're happening. Well, well there's, oh, go ahead. It's one seed. Like that, that's what always makes me crazy is like, it's one seed and that's yeah. okay. And maybe we just plant one seed. We don't have to plant. Uh, we, sorry, Spiff, but we, we, we put down a garden uh, at Bright Song, my house here in, in Wichita. And we're like, I, I literally told my church, like we are literally putting down roots. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had a five-phase plan for raised beds and particular gardens, and uh, we're going to do, all, like, it's, mm -hmm. I'm married to a three, and thankfully, he knows that he's married to a seven. So he was like, why don't we just tear out the stuff that we know we want to tear out and just start small? And I said, then it's not worth doing. He goes, it is worth doing, but it's, it's you know, it's 20 plants. It's not 200 plants. But but 20 plants is still something. It's not zero plants, which is what ultimately comes out of 200 plants. Arthur, I feel this in my bones because right. I had this, this weekend. Um, I was I have a garden and I'm telling you during COVID, that garden like saved my life um, on the days when I would come into church and work alone um, just because I needed to get out of my house. I would have to come home. And before I even walked into my house, I had to walk straight to my garden and just lay my eyeballs on these plants and by garden like I have a little side of my house I have one little raised bed and my bean tent that's it and I was pricing this weekend with my daughter like okay should we get another should we get another raised bed and all of this and I was like well let's let's wait let's just wait and see let's start with what we have and I pulled out my compost um that you know we'd been working on all year this compost is a year old and I pulled it out, and we had just enough compost for the land we already had. So, like, my house made this compost, and it was just enough for what my garden beds that I already have needed. No more, no less. And I was like, okay, God, I'm listening. All right, I'll sit down. And it's, it's just, it's that one seed but the magic of that seed, again, oh, my God, this scene, I'm going to get weepy. It's this. It's the church. When Krista is brave enough to fly into Hexus's mouth with the seed, then it's Pips, the, the skeptic, the curmudgeon, the one who's in your back pew every single Sunday griping about something. He's the one that says, hey, guys, help it grow. Oh, my God, I just will cry. Help it grow. That's it. And they do, they fly out and from that one seed because they all fly out and they are willing to be brave and to touch the thing that is scary and broken and traumatic and painful and causing the pain. They're willing to touch it just briefly and then the seed sprouts. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. I love this movie. I love it. Well, I, so I just got back from uh, Israel and Palestine and one of the things that I was really uh, kind of moved by was how how all the like sites that we visited, you know, people wanted to touch it. They wanted to touch in like, what does it mean to like touch, touch the sacred? 
Um, even if it may not be the real, you know, like that there's part of that belief. And one of the things that I, you know, I watched this movie, right? Like essentially got off the plane. I'm still dealing with some jet lag here. And, uh, was like, what does it mean when we like the writings on the wall for certain things, right? Like Zach is spraying, like grown Zach is spraying, uh, the X's this, these are what we are going to cut down. This is where I am going to destroy. Yeah. And she comes in and she touches she touches it and is empowered to move. And I think so often in the church, we will touch something, but we aren't empowered by it. Even if it's bad, even if it's, you know what I mean? That there's something that there, that the, that physical presence, that ministry of presence um, and physical touch uh, has the ability to change if we let it. Um, But I was also really moved by, I mean, obviously we're in the aftermath of uh, once again, another, uh, you know, racially, uh, no, I was uh, racially motivated hate crimes and murders. And, um, you know, Batty, for all the silliness that he brings, he brings truth as well of his experience and fear of these humans. He has these silly lines about their big butts and terrible genes because he's seen them. He's been uh, around them. They have done bad. He's a fearful of them. They've done bad things. And so, and you know, and it takes a minute for people to believe him. Um, yeah, you know, used me like that's his yeah. Ugh, how many of us feel that way? Exactly. And so I was just uh, I was curious. What are you know in uh, in y'all's context? What or maybe even you know our denominational kind of context? What are the what are the things that we're touching and missing and or hearing but not believing? Girl, that's a word. I like that fear and belief are somehow separated. Fear is just the dark side of it. Um, We are so afraid of dying, even though that's part of the passional mystery. Um, And it's like literally you cannot resurrect if you do not die. It's the one requirement. Um, And we won't reach out and touch death, even though from death there comes life. Yeah. As you were talking and you were like doing the motion of the X and I don't know why I didn't see this before, but like you have the chalice behind you. Like that X on the tree is the exact same X in our logo. And I'm like, what a theology of the cross there of um, when those people, and this is exactly, you know, Jesus's story of the people who are willing to go and like, they want it's Tom. I love Thomas. Like he wants to touch it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to touch this and be willing to get your hands and your spirit and your heart into places that need life and growth and love and just your presence. Like that's what touch is the, the gift of presence. Um, and so you it's know, often what activism is too, yeah. is, is how, you know, is the, uh, uh, is how we, how we can show up and be present or divulge some of our own privilege to into spaces to say, you know, you belong here, you know, let's use your voice or whatever that might be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I just think of our bodies. Um, if we could even see our own bodies, Mm. Um, the way in which this movie sees creation, like it is entitled to take up space. And we know with the racially motivated hate crimes going on with the Roe v. Wade conversation going on, we have bodies in our world that we say you should not take up space. And if you do, you need to take it up in a way that we, as in these patriarchal powers in charge, get to determine. And I think the presence of showing up just with your body at, at a protest your presence of showing up, volunteering. I have a lot of my um, church members who volunteer at the Planned Parenthood um, book sale. Like mm-hmm. that feels so removed from a Roe v. Wade 
protest, but their actual act of like selling books, donating books, you know, being there, um, helping sort the books is, a, you know, they're, that is a theology of presence. Um, and if we could talk about that, um, that's just one seed, but that seed helps grow so much. Um, cause yeah, we, so many churches will give money and that's necessary, but we forget that the transformative power is if you show up, that's it. That's all you got to do. If you show up at the foot of that cross, you're going to witness something. You're going to be transformed and new life will spring forth. Maybe not today. It took Jesus three days. It's probably going to take us a few more. That's okay. Amen. Love it. Amen. I, I want us to be cognizant of the time. And thank you very much, Robin, for coming on and spending. I, I just talk about Ferngully all day. I, I, I wish we could, truly. <laughs> Uh, but we we do on two on one have a final question that we ask all of our people. You tried to answer it early, and I love that. Uh, the final question. I know. I'm sorry that I stopped you down. This it, is my freeness being like, no, we have to go. And I, I appreciate that. I like order and structure. Um, well, here we are. I like it as a concept. Uh, anyways, our final <laughs> question is this: What character, story, parable, book? What from the Bible do you see most prevalently, most clearly in Fern Gully, the last train? Um, I mean, so I had an answer before that. And I think I think the theology of the cross I it's now really resonating with me. But I think ultimately, I think the whole arc of the movie follows the book of Genesis. Um, because it starts with Maggie telling the story of the beginning of the where the humans and the fairies were friends and partners. And I mean, it is, it's what the garden is supposed to be of this magic and wonder and humans and animals living. Um, and then we follow all of the lines of destruction, you know, the tower of Babel. I mean, what is more tower of Babel than baddie and the leveler um, and the baddie coming back and Zach sh having to literally shrink down. <laughs> Um, you know, we have the story of Pip and Zach, you know, these brothers um, fighting, but I think it, the way it ends, oh, it's so perfect. It ends exactly like Genesis ends of Zach has to go back because Exodus begins with a Pharaoh who has forgotten the promise that he has made. And Zach has to go back to humanity because we have forgotten not only the promise, but that we are part of that promise we've forgotten and he's going back to try and help us remember so like i'm like it's a whole book of genesis right there and there's other you know gospel themes but that's because you know genesis is the beginning foundation um i'm gonna go with magic as matthew 26 is uh Jesus, but uh, the poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. Um, that as she at the end, when she kind of, uh, you know, dissipates and goes away, but empowers uh, Krista with what she needs uh, to make sure that she is doing that work uh, with and for the community that she is a part. So, yeah. uh, I'm going to go with Krista, Maggie, and Batty are the Trinity. Um, because my favorite line about the Trinity is it's not two dudes and a bird. That's true. It's two chicks and a bat. Oh my <laughs> um, God, I love that. I also, love it so much. Right. And Krista, of course, is steeped in creation and is the creative impulse. Maggie is the one who dies, but doesn't die or dies and resurrects. And then yeah. Batty is a total wild card. Yeah. And you have to have the total wild card in order to be alive. So. Yeah. And Batty demonstrates forgiveness. That Batty demonstrates healing. Um, oh my God. I also yeah. think the whole movie begs the question of what is alive? What does it mean to be alive? Um, because like, I think Ava, this is the only stint that I appreciate from Avatar. Avatar really challenges the idea of like animism and like creation as a living entity. Mm. Um, and so like for, 
Christians, we really struggle. We're really uncomfortable with that. Um, but I think it just begs us to ask and be aware of what does it mean to be alive? Because um, mm-hmm. we humans think we're the only seed. Ooh, well, that's good. One of the ways you can tell you're alive is if you have a stole from Jeff Wunro Designs. Go to Jeff Wunro, J-E-F-F-W-U-N-R-O-W.com. He is our lead sponsor. And uh, we mentioned him at the top and the end of each broadcast. But seriously, uh, nothing makes you feel more alive than ripping open a package and going, oh, my gosh, look at this stole. I have a Jeff Road design stole. It is my Wonder Millie stole. Um, it is rainbow birds, and I love it. Well, there you go. That wasn't even planned, folks. I everyone's got a Jeff Wonro. Everyone's got a Wonro. Uh, I love it, Robin. It is good to see you, friend, and thank you for coming on. I know. I, I can't believe it's taken three seasons for you to finally come on, but I hope that you will come back. Uh, well, you I know. think um, when I was talking with Arthur and I was like, oh, what about this one? What about this one? I was big seven energy. Yeah. Like, We've got a list of like 40 things. Yeah. So season season four is just Robin Bless every week. I'm in. I love it. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, deuces, you know where to find us. Uh, this has been 211. I am the Reverend Stephanie Kendall. I'm the Reverend Arthur Stewart. I'm Reverend Robin Bless. Yeah, you yeah, are. <laughs> All right, <laughs> deuces. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Get more two-on-one at twoononeproject.com.